coming back at you. Quick turnaround. Welcome to back. Days. Yeah. Welcome back to Basketball Junkies. I'm here, your co-host. Peter, Peter will be, you're going to be running this one? With Mike Exet. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a quick one, guys. Probably just like, hopefully 30, 45 minutes. We want to mostly just talk about the East region, talk about Duke's pathway to redemption slash greatness slash legacy. Uh, let's start off with a question, Michael. Let's do it. Tell me everything you know about Troy. You tell me everything you know about <laughs> Troy. You're the one who did the research for the podcast. Troy is in Upper New York. <clears throat> Troy State, right? Incorrect. It's not? That's my next question. What state is Troy in? Is it Troy or Troy State? I believe it's just Troy. Troy University? Apparently in Alabama. Is that right? Wow. How did you guess that? Troy, Google, Google. Troy <coughs> State is in uh, upper, New, upper New York, though. That's what I was thinking. Troy is in Alabama. Well, maybe there isn't a Troy State. Do you know what conference they play in? There's Troy Street, apparently, in Arlington, Virginia. Okay, this is going terribly. Okay. They're in the Sun Belt Conference. This is what conference. you get when you ask me questions. They're in the Sun Belt Conference. Oh, okay. They weren't even good. They were middle of the road. They were maybe 10 and 8 in uh, conference, and they just got super hot in the conference and won the conference tournament. Sort of like us. So <laughs> just like us. Yeah, exactly. Just like us. So they're not really... I mean, when the when the brackets were, were released on Sunday, I mean, what were your initial thoughts? Were you happy, sad? I was a little sad because... You were sad? I was not I was, sad. I was salivating. Sad. I was like, who are these guys? Well, there's a little school named Villanova. I grew up okay, rooting Villa, for Villanova. Villanova, that's going to be Elite Eight. That's like are you interested in my thoughts? That's pretty far down the road. Here's my, my reaction was, I mean, all I saw was, oh, we're in the same bracket as Villanova. Yeah. That sucks because I, I hate rooting against Villanova. I, I grew up rooting for the school. The first basketball game I ever remember watching was the <clears> 85, <throat> or the first tournament I remember watching was the 80, 85 one. Is that the title game where they shot 70% from the field? The first game I remember watching was their first round win against the Dayton Flyers. They only won by one point. Uh, that's that's the razor's edge that is the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So I was sleeping over at my friend Todd, Todd Hadouk's house, and we watched that game. Later Todd Hadouk? Todd Myers. Todd Hadouk's house, actually. We watched that game. Anyhow, uh, so I was sad to see we were in the same bracket as Villanova, and, you know, just in terms of that uh, potential Elite Eight game, that's that's a tough game. That's a tough game? Yeah, that's a tough game. If you go back and listen to episode one or two, there's a Michael Eckstadt who says, if we play Villanova, we will destroy them. Did I? Yes. He said, they will not be able to match our talent. Our talent will destroy them. I was thinking Giles <laughs> would be a dominant force and Bolden would be a dominant force at the time. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen in a matchup between Villanova and Duke. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, actually, great, great I actually think sure. there's a ton of stuff to be played out before that that matchup even takes place. Yeah, let's talk about Troy. Yeah, tell, tell there's, me, there's, it sounds like you did some research. I, that's the extent of my research. They're in Alabama, and they won. The research indicates there's nothing to worry about. They're like 130th Ken Palm. They're, like, their defense is like 250th Ken Palm. Like, there's nothing to worry about. We're going to get by them. Okay, 130th isn't that bad, actually. For the for, tournament, it's... For a Sun Belt team. But yeah, they had 14 losses. Okay. Let, let's what, what, let's yeah, talk about quickly, what's your expectations for a first-round game and a, a team that you want to win the championship? Do they got to blow them out? They just have to make you not stress? We're, Do you kind of want a close game, so it's exciting at least? Sometimes it's boring, right? We're favored by 19 <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of expectations. In the NCAA tournament, I, I don't really care. Just win in advance. I don't care if we won by one or two. Um I don't think we, had, we having, need an early test. Yeah, having said that, in that yeah. first round, we've had so many tests already this year. I'm, yeah. I'm just happy having a comfortable game. This game probably will have the feel of some of those preseason games that we had against you know all these cupcakes. Um, I mean, I think that's how it's going to play out. Hopefully that's how it will play out. I'm going to give you a statistic. Well, the tallest player on the Troy roster is 6'8". True. True. So, you know. Did any of them play in the McDonald's All-American game? I don't think any of them played in the McDonald's All-American game. Uh, okay. Let's, let's, let's move on. Let's, 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 let's move on. Yeah. The real interesting <laughs> storyline is the the uh, other game 
um, our and which region are we in? Yeah, we're in the east. We're in the east. Okay. okay. Our our potential <laughs> second round matchup, you know, hopefully we get there, will be a, a matchup between South Carolina and Marquette. Okay. So, when now, the who when, coaches Marquette? Uh, Have the, you done any research on that? The National Player of the Year in 1998. National Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, well, small overlook. Yes. Our man, our classmate, yeah. Steve Wojomakowski. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, did, you, did you know they were going to make the tournament? That's pretty good, 19-12 and 12 on the season. They beat Villanova. They had decent, decent record, not amazing. Yeah. Um. They're, they're total opposites, South Carolina and Marquette. And in, initially, when the bracket came out, I was like, "Wow, this is great!" You know. Uh, so your reaction to the bracket mostly was about the first and second round games because who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, down, down my the reaction was I'm thinking Villanova. They gave us thinking, they gave us a cakewalk to the se- the second to the second weekend. You're thinking Sweet Sixteen, and I have very, very, very little respect for Baylor. Okay. And their coach mostly. I mean, I think he's got good athletes and he's got good players, but all these teams are struggling. I know you made some chippy comments about Baylor's coach to me. Scott Drew? Yeah. He always tell looks, me about your thoughts about it. Like, he always, he always looks confused at the end of games, scratching his head. But you, you have an issue with his leadership, right? He doesn't look like a leader of men. Okay. Just uh, the, the whole saying, uh, you can sometimes tell... Uh, the contents of a book by its cover is that the saying? Is he is he related to Bryce Drew? I don't know. It's his brother. Yeah, Bryce Drew is a gamer. Bryce Drew, the guy who sank the shot, Valparaiso. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Where does he coach? Um. Don't know. I don't know, Ben. I know he's around. So they they come from a really strong basketball family. Uh, he coaches uh, Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt. Oh, Vanderbilt's in. Vanderbilt beat Florida three times this year, right? Vanderbilt plays Chris Collins. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, why don't we? We'll go through Duke's potential matchups, and then we'll go through maybe Duke alums that you know brought. Teams. Yeah. It's a huge sure. year for the Duke alum coaching association. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so let's so, so Marquette so, South Carolina. You think is going to be a good game? You said they were total opposites. Get into that. For yeah, a second. South Carolina is is coached by uh, Frank Martin. Yeah, uh, longtime assistant to Bobby Huggins. He had that run at Kansas State. Um, I believe he had Michael Beasley, but he definitely reached like the elite eight with the really good back backcourt uh, in twenty ten, the year we won. Uh, anyway, his team is ferocious defensively. He's had some nice wins. Uh, he knocked off Florida this year. A lot of athletes on yeah. that team. Terrible offense, incredible defense. Kind of like a little Miami-esque? Um, no, I think Miami's a little bit balanced on both. Maybe a junior Florida State. Like kind of. South Carolina has like a top five defense. Ken, Ken Palm's like mm-hmm. a number three defense and like a 150th offense. So they can't make a basket. Marquette... Is the best three-point shooting team in the entire country, percentage-wise. They shoot like 42 43% as a team. Uh, they have a phenomenal offense, like number seven Ken Palm offense, but 150th defense. That's the team I want to play. So, in, <laughs> in, I think. Um, I mean, I want, Wojo, we want Wojo to win, just, you know, because we'd like to plus, see him plus the, plus the game is in Greenville, South Carolina. It'll be a much more like a home game for South Carolina if that adds a, a ton of a factor. And did you know that's like that because of that bathroom law, that North Carolina bathroom law? Otherwise, this would be in Greensboro. Because North Carolina yeah. legislature yes. passed a, yes. what was perceived to be an anti-gay, transgender, yeah. you, you know, public policy issue. It drew protests from that's, all over the place. That's, that's why these playing games are the not NCAA. in Greensboro. Really? Or that, Raleigh. There's no games in North Carolina this year. That's why, is my understanding. Wow. So, potentially Wojo. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. If it's in North Carolina or South Carolina, either way, you're going to the Carolinas to play South Carolina. But I guess it matters for us if we have to play South Carolina. Huh? Yeah. I but, mean, 
But it's a yeah. Like you can't. We should be a significant yeah, enough you can't, favorite. You, like the committee gets a, a ton of flack for stuff like this, but I mean, there's 64 teams, 68 teams. Like these things are going to happen. They're supposed and, to keep teams close to home for the first games if they can, right? Yeah, but they're they're not they're not supposed to have uh, really high seeds play in a hostile environment against an opposing team whose home is right there. I mean, there are all the, all these different types of rules. Um. But yeah, so South South Carolina and Marquette, um, that should be interesting. Who's favored? Do you know? I believe it's a really close game. I want to say South Carolina is probably favored by like a point and a half. Um, but it's pretty pretty close to pick them. Uh, the other really really interesting storyline in our little pod is SMU, the six seed in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, if they beat Providence slash USC, uh, they'll probably play Baylor. Or I've actually heard people say Baylor might lose to New Mexico State. Like, uh, everybody, everybody hates Baylor. I heard people well, talking about SMU, hyping them at Semi-Ojale's. SMU is higher on Ken Palm than us. They're like the 11th. They're the 10th best Ken, Ken Palm team. They've lost one time in the last three and a half months. Semi-Ojale is a complete animal. Player of the year in his conference. Couldn't He's get off the pine. Averaging n- year 19 two. and 7. Yeah. And I think he might want some payback for Coach K if they can meet up in the uh, Sweet 16 round. So this is one of the costs of, of having that short bench is that these guys might come back and haunt you in the NCAA tournament in the Sweet 16 game or the Elite 8 game. Right? That's the cost. Like Michael... Uh, Michael Benajay. Like, you know, had it out for us. Uh, really, the cost is we could have used him. He's a, he's an animal. Here, right? He's like, an animal. He's built like, like a tank. He's six foot seven. Yeah. He shoots threes at an incredibly high percentage, and he's got nice, you know, inside outside game. I barely and remember. he's like he's like all academic, good kid. Uh, so we don't really know why he transferred, right? Was there, were there stories about it? I don't. Rem- I don't we, remember. You, I hardly remember his name. You and I had this conversation yeah. a couple months ago. You know, we. You know, we were sort of throwing darts and saying, "Oh, it could have been different reasons." When it's almost always playing time. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I mean, yeah. it, there are some, some instances of something else, but it's almost always playing time. Sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think SMU gets by Baylor. Yeah, and, SMU's and got thirty wins. You know, uh, a, a we'll lot get into of, SMU on the next podcast if right. they if they actually win <clears throat> these games. You think most likely though. If, if you know, Baylor's in a better spot, I think. Baylor has lost like something like six out of, of their last seven, five out of their last six out of their last eight, or five out of their last seven. They're the, they're they're a high seed because they have a really great early season record. You know, they knocked off Louisville, but Louisville should have won that game, and they've knocked off a bunch of other high high caliber teams, but they haven't played well in the last month, two months. They got knocked off early in the. The Big 12 tournament. Yeah, they also the reason why we Duke played Yale last year in the second round is because Baylor lost to Yale, and Scott Drew looked very confused during that game. I'd forgotten that. I'd forgotten that. Uh, they're playing the New Mexico State Aggies, I believe, in the first round, and the Aggies won the WAC tournament at the Orleans Casino just yeah. down the road from my house this weekend. And I had dinner at the Orleans, and there was a bunch of New Mexico State Aggies, you know, sweatshirt wearing old people. Hmm. They were they were having a good time. I was actually there for the uh, St. Mary's Gonzaga on Tuesday. Oh, how was that to watch in person? Uh, yeah, give us a minute it's, on it's, Gonzaga. It's how, tough. How it's, it's tough because like I don't give Gonzaga a lot of credit. Um, I mean, it's not their fault, but I just. I feel like you're skeptical of small. Yeah, I'm small skeptical schools. of uh, until until I see them actually make a run. Um, even though a lot of people say Gonzaga is the the best, most balanced team in the but country. But how do they look in person? What was the eye test like for you? They looked good. Were you drunk? I was a little tipsy. Okay. Uh, they're they've got yeah, apparently eight strong. Um, they have that center cart. How's that young center? He's not young. Oh, he's he, old. He looks like a character out of uh, Game of Thrones. That big beard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they looked good, but St. Mary's is also a good team. 
but they beat him, I think, three times. Uh, I always hear that this is the best Gonzaga team yet. Yeah. Every year I seem to hear that. Yeah. And like last year when it was uh, Sabonis, you know, right. uh, Sabonis was that that guy that kid was the best player they've ever had. He, he looks like a decent player, a role player in the NBA. It's um, who is the best player ever to play at Gonzaga? Like that's made the biggest in, dent in college or in the pros. In the pros, like who's made the biggest dent? Because in, in college, NBA? I would say Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison had the best college career. Casey Calvary was my favorite Gonzaga player when they made their first runs. He was a warrior. Ninety nine. Uh, ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Uh, name doesn't even ring a bell for me. Yeah, Casey even, Calvary. Yeah, he was my favorite. <clears throat> yeah, I bet a few Gonzaga games in that ninety nine tournament. That was their first deep run. They got to the Elite Eight. Was that your first betting experience? Your first deep betting experience? No. No, unfortunately it wasn't. <laughs> I started much younger. But these days I'm not betting at all. Yeah, you know, Gonzaga also has a very interesting uh, matchup the second weekend. Um, I'm going to assume that they get by the winner of Vanderbilt Northwestern. Uh, Gonzaga will play most likely either Notre Dame or West Virginia. I, don't I know, hear Bryce I, Drew is a pretty pretty good coach. I think, and there's a guy named Chris Collins who's a pretty fiery coach as well. So maybe Gonzaga won't get past that eight nine game. I'm pretty sure they're gonna not even sweat that game. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let, let's. Uh, let, you want to talk about Notre Dame, West Virginia, or you want to go back to the East? No, let's finish talking about Duke in the East. Uh, you know, do you have a preference we play South Carolina or Marquette? I, I stated, I said out loud Marquette, since I feel like uh, we we don't want to play a really super athletic team that plays defense, good defense and has length and disrupts us and throws off our confidence. But b- both teams are good matches because they're they're sort of one dimensional. You That's think if we, and I don't think Wojciechowski is allowed to beat Coach K in a game in the NCAA tournament. There's like a gentleman's understanding between Krzyzewski <laughs> and all of his like junior assistants that when they play each other in a really important game they gotta lay down right like Bobby Knight was he was supposed to, Coach K was that's, supposed to have Bobby Knight that's why Bobby Knight and Coach K had a thing yeah because he beat him in the final four <laughs> and then they didn't talk for 10 years and it's gonna be the same so yeah I remember reading in a book that um, there was uh, an NCAA tournament game where Coach Knight either wouldn't shake his hand or gave him the cold shoulder, uh, wouldn't talk to him after the game, and Coach K wept. He wept. And, and I I think that's understandable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, you're just devastated. And there was like a really cold period between the two of them, which finally thawed, I, I want to say, like, yeah. I don't know, six, seven years ago. Coach K wasn't allowed to beat him, and they, they Come did. Come on. No one, like... You send off your lieutenants, you you don't say, hey, you can never beat me in a big-time game. That's exactly what they said to it. Absolutely. That's exactly what Bobby Knight said. <laughs> and, of course, you have evidence of this, Mike. I got the tape conversations. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was actually thinking if South Carolina beats Marquette, then Wojo will give us all the scouting report, maybe even sit on the bench. <laughs> There's zero chance he's going to sit on the bench, Peter, unless he resigns from Marquette that day. Uh, let's let's go let's go back to Wojo in a second because I want to talk about him for a minute. But, okay. Uh, so we get through South Carolina Marquette. We get to the Sweet Sixteen. We like our path to get there. We don't really need to go much past there in terms of it's really these are, the NCAA tournament is three four game tournaments for each team, and that's how Shashevsky looks at it. That's how I look at they, it. Yeah, they look. They're gonna at, win two games. They look at as a mini tournament. Yeah. Did they just see four four teams for that weekend, and that's all they're focused on? Exactly. That's it. So, so we can, you know, we got Troy on Friday. We'll play on Sunday. If we can get past South Carolina Marquette winner, <clears throat> and you know, we should be, we should be like a probably a seven to ten point favorite in that game. I imagine. Uh, Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we're yeah, we're supposed maybe to, closer to seven. But we're we're supposed to be close to eighty percent uh, likelihood to get to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Then the real the real tests come. I mean, as if it's <clears throat> if it's even if it's Baylor, you don't love. If it's SMU, uh, the next game would most likely be most likely be Villanova out of all the possibilities. 
wouldn't shock me if it was Florida or Virginia. I like uh, I like Virginia there. Yeah, yeah. So those are tough games no matter what. Villanova, I mean small Duke's also, interest. Also, I hope Villanova yeah. gets upset because those guys play tenacious defense and they shoot so well. They're they're and, actually and, very much like us. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have bigs and they've got incredibly <clears throat> athletic, well like good scoring wings. I think they may have uh, sort of a team identity more perfectly formed than us. Uh, they they know who's taking the shots. They have like clearly defined roles, and they are tenacious on defense. The effort level from Villanova's under Jay Wright has always been incredible. Right, and this team's no exception to that. Despite the fact that they're Coming off a national championship, they're thirty-one and three. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's I, no two ways about it. We beat Florida earlier in the year. We beat Virginia twice, twice, or just played them once. Uh, just once. Once on the road. You know, you feel Villanova much more game will be an epic matchup. Yeah, and I sort of love to see it. I would, but I, I would love to see it, and I hope they're there. I, but I, if they're not, it's an easier path for us to get to the. Yeah, final but see, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I, mean, I know people. You don't like it, but that's how we won the national championship in 2010. You know who we played in the Elite Eight? <clears throat> Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. We had Purdue in the Sweet 16. Uh, <clears throat> it was a pretty easy road, but I mean, I think that was chalk pretty much the whole way. Yeah, I mean, Baylor and Butler were the only teams that really presented much of a challenge when it came down to it. Um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Uh yeah, I would love to see Villanova Duke. I think that would be yeah. that would be. There's a myth. There's a myth that the best team wins, right? The tournament, but it matters who you play. It luck matters in the tournament. Right. There is some randomness and how it ends up shaking out. There's you, tremendous randomness, like and you, most of it is just random. If it's, you played last year's random. tournament over again, twenty times in a vacuum, it's not like Villanova wins. Ten, even 10 or 15 times. You know, no, they, they probably no. win three times, four I'd times. Probably less. <clears throat> Maybe less. Probably like who's, less. Who knows, right? But it's like, uh, you know, it's not like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. It matters who the other game, how the other games shake out. So I'm always rooting for the New Mexico State to beat the Baylor on the opposite side of our, you know, Pod. Yeah, and I'm always rooting for Mount St. Mary's to pull the episode over Villanova. It people, just makes our path easier. People are saying uh, that Wisconsin has a decent shot to knock off Nova. That that Wisconsin is tremendously underseeded as an eight seed. They are underseeded. I agree. They've got uh, Nigel Hayes and Bronson Koenig as seniors who've played in a national t- title game, and they've got a sick forward Ethan Happ who probably is going to be a first round draft pick. Real tough to match up with. Nobody can match up with Ethan Happ on Villanova. Not only that, they play a slower right. game to less overall possessions. More which luck. increases, yeah, it's yeah. a shorter sample size. Yeah. The game will be in the so, 60s, and so... And they got, they got height. Anything got could happen. Villanova isn't the biggest team. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that would be tough. I mean, but Virginia Tech plays Wisconsin, and Virginia Tech's a scrappy team. Wisconsin's um, a six-point favorite in that game. I hear the ACC is, is pretty strong this year, so they're a six-point favorite. Yeah. Mm, that's the and, truth right there. And the, the storyline <laughs> is also that they are underseated and fired up as a result. That makes sense. That makes sense. <clears throat> but right, well, I don't see Villanova taking anyone lightly after they get past the first round. Uh, okay, so let's talk just general NCAA bracket seeding reaction. Uh, first issue, Duke. Two seed, not the top two seed. I, I don't think it really matters. Okay. Did like, you think I mean, we were going to get a one? Did you think we had a chance? I, you thought we had a chance. Yeah, I told 10%, you. Right? I told you. I said 10, 15%. I would understand it, but I think the committee members would probably have to answer too much from all the haters that they just didn't want the headache. I, I, I actually, think it was just too much of a flip of the story for them to make that big a change in one or two days. Like, yeah. like the story of the season was that Duke was a disappointment. Yes, and like, I you know, I, so giving them a two seed, they probably yeah. felt like they were making the right adjustment. Like, I I agree with you, um, but I I actually I mean I think our body of work is is better than UNC's, and and it's clearly better. It's just clearly better. Like, yeah. they they I mean, we had a friend text us yeah. and said 
Duke got a two seed. Are you kidding me? How did that happen? Thinking they would have gotten a much lower seed this year. He's not that well informed. But that's like the yeah. public's reaction. Well, he's also one a Duke hater and two yes. two a Bruins lover. So I, I think he was <clears throat> more salt. He's more salty that UCLA didn't get a two and Duke got a uh, got the two. But I went back and I looked over Duke's record against teams that qualified for the NCAA tournaments this year. Yeah. What do you think it was? Uh, I mean, I saw some statistics against the RPI Top 50. We were, uh, what, were we, what were we against the RPI Top 50? Like 13 and 4, 13 and 5? Uh, probably a few more losses. 13 than that. and 6? Yeah, something, something like that. Like that. that that's actually. Top 25, that's... we were like 8 and 4. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so there's probably a few more NCAA teams in there. I know Rhode Island made it. I know, you know, they're not in the top 50, right? Right. And probably one of these, like, scrubs. Maybe. No, no. They probably would be. Rhode Island? Rhode Island's very hot. Actually, Rhode Island is on a pretty hot streak. So I'll say 15 and 6. They were thir- 13 and 6. 13 and 6. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you look at UCLA, I looked it up because I like to hate on his UCLA teams. They were um, six and four against teams that qualified for the NCAA tournament, but that six and four includes USC, which barely made it, and they're playing in the in the playing games. They beat them three times this year. So if you if yeah, if USC hadn't gotten in, then they would be three and four against teams that qualified for the tournament. So it's just like I understand people are looking at the eight losses, but there's a context to everything and. I think most people don't buy that. They just look at the records. They look at, oh, we're 28 and 4. You guys are 26 and 8. Yeah. It's just no contest. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would have loved a one seed, but it doesn't really matter. You know, the one and two matchups are going to be so, so tough. Yeah. And usually one and two don't play each other. Sometimes they do. Usually they don't. Usually it's a different matchup. Yeah, they're upsets. Uh, all right, so uh, when you, when the bracket came out, did you think that the, did you see anyone that, that got well, Syracuse got left out? What so, did you think about that, Peter? Yeah, I um, I actually meant everybody expected them to make it. right? Everyone expected them to make it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they were ten and eight in the ACC conference. Apparently, they were really weak on the road, but who cares? They were still ten and eight in an incredibly don't play tough. Play that conference. strong and out of conference schedule. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but then I saw that Wake Forest got in, and I, I want to say Syracuse was probably better than Wake Forest. I mean, I think Wake was maybe 9-9 nine and nine in conference. Well, we lost to Syracuse, and Wake Forest played us tough twice. To, to a standstill twice. <clears throat> so both teams played well against us. Both teams, I think, were pretty inconsistent. And, uh, you know... I guess if there were 72 teams that... I don't think either team makes it in a 64-team field, right? So, uh, I just I just can't... I just don't understand sort of the hemming and hawing and the teeth gnashing over teams that are the... You know, just barely don't make it. When, when they've already expanded it to 68. Like the Illinois State? Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? You aren't good enough, you know? <laughs> you weren't going to win the national championship anyways. What was Syracuse going to do? I mean, they just weren't that good this year. Whether Wake Forest made it or Syracuse, I don't think it matters. I know Syracuse made a run last year as a lower seed. As, but, a, nine, as a nine seed. Yeah. yeah, but they had a better record. They had a better team. Um, you know. Yeah. The Illinois State head coach uh, tweeted out that, you know, I think they finished, they had a very good record. I don't remember what it was, like 27-6, and six, something like that. Mm-hmm. They were a bubble team. They had a one loss in conference. And the head coach was like, we we've called all the power conference schools begging they won't play begging us. for a preseason or a, a before conference yeah. uh, like a home and home away type of no nobody will schedule a tough mid major because they just don't want the downside of losing to them. So he's like, what what do you guys want me to do? You know? Yeah. So I mean, it's an it's they, an they have question. some things now. They have some like little matchups and between like some of the big better. Like sort of non-big conference teams play each other now. Yeah, that happens more. I mean, I'd love to see. I'd love to see some kind of uh, some kind of way of them getting some more games against each other. I mean, maybe 
you know, maybe Christmas, maybe Christmas break, maybe at some point in February, you, you, you take these teams that, some of these teams that could use some more quality games, and they play each other. If they're not willing to, you know, they're right. not willing to, you know, Duke isn't willing to put them in the schedule. I think Duke is, but uh, some other teams aren't. Like, why would Northwestern? Duke does. Yeah, we play some, we usually schedule teams that make NCAA tournaments, you know. Okay. Um, I'm struggling ne- to think of like an example ne- off the top of my head. Never on the road, though. Yeah, that's true. Almost, not on the road. Almost never. That's, that's that's another. Yeah, they thing only get road games and then a, they get killed. And, what an, another friend of mine who hates on Duke always yeah. says: we never schedule road games ever, ever. Gosh, I can't think of the last time. And even when you think you're playing a road game, it's you're really playing, a neutral court. Game. Yeah, you're playing like at Davidson and you're yeah. in Charlotte. Coliseum. Yeah, right? I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> I understand true. why Coach K does it. Like, it's good practice to play in facilities where you might play in NCAA tournament. It's maybe, money, yeah, maybe not. It's like some more yeah, tickets, and maybe not more. that year, but like a year or two down down the line. You know, like when when we played Elon, we played in the Greensboro Coliseum. Again, they're not a, a tournament venue this year, but for like Chase Jeter or somebody, he just like having being comfortable in that. Yeah, stadium is, is good for like a year or two down the road if Chase stays six around. It's good for the alumni. There's more tickets that are available. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. So uh, the only one I thought was, was messed up was Wichita State. Like that was the big – the Big Ten seeding was weird. Uh, I thought Notre Dame actually got kind of a low seed, six seed. Like they were in the ACC no, championship five, against five, us. five seed. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. Notre Dame should be a four. But, like, as long as you're, like, close to where you should be, uh, I just don't think it's it's just so – It's it's silly to, like, put your hands up in the air and cry about it because, you know – People need something to talk about, like these experts, Joe Lenardi using it. You know, they do a nice job, like, forecasting the field, and they they really have it down to science. Science almost. Yeah, they're not that far off. I mean, it's clear that Wichita State, like, got hurt by – I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why they had some to Some people, some people. Their RPI was lower, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think there was just the raw RPI, like, was kind of not as high. But like um, everything else, Wichita State, their AP rank, yeah. their their record, their top ten Kempom. top ten Kempom. Their yeah, it's uh, it's it, it seemed unusual. Like um, maybe they need a couple of like analytics guys in the room. I or think, at least one. I think they have them. at least one yeah. to look at the thing and say, "Hey, guess what? You guys are way off here." I mean, as soon as the, the odds came out, Wichita State's like above the higher seeds in their in their bracket to to go yeah. to the Final Four. Actually, They're like third or fourth in their actually, region. I believe Ken Palm has Wichita State a little bit more likely to win the national title than Duke. <laughs> Which is that? sort of crazy given how tough their um, well, you, you, schedule. We'll the, see the, if they can get past Dayton. We'll see what that line is against Kentucky. It's probably going to be like a like a three or four point line at the most. Like Kentucky's not going to be like a two versus a ten is supposed to be, you know, at least a six point favorite, maybe a ten point favorite. It's going to be computers love Kentucky also. Yeah, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's. Seems like they're peaking. The Aaron Fox, I watched their SEC championship game. Darren Fox is playing lights out. He's shooting now. He just looks incredible. He's shooting now. He hasn't shot well all year. That's been the criticism. He's shooting well now, and he's. It's because he's a poor shooter. <laughs> he does everything else well. Yeah. But well, he's a poor shooter. He's, that's the, that seemed to be the case lately. He's been shooting better, and uh, Kentucky looks pretty good. You know who else is a poor shooter? Who? Shot well, Matt Jones, Justice Winslow, <laughs> poor shooter. But for those thirty-five games he played for us, he shot like forty-one and a half percent from three, and now it's clear that he's a fraud as a shooter. Yeah, his game, his game was a little raw for the NBA, yeah. I guess. But if you went back and looked game, at his we'll free see. throw percentage, it was like sixty-eight percent. I mean, that should be a clear warning signal that this guy is not a good shooter. It's definitely a correlation, but uh, it's not always. Uh, it doesn't prove the point hmm. all right so uh, big year for all the assistant coaches Chris Collins takes Northwestern who's first NCAA ever 
Uh, Wojo takes Marquette. I, I hope he enjoys it because I think they're going to lose. Well, here's the question. <laughs> it's going to be a very isn't, short-lived. Isn't there a uh, good chance that if Chris Collins, if either of them, they both have 8, 9, 7, 10 games. Yeah. If they win a game, right. even if they don't win a game, is this going to be a leapfrog situation where they're going to move to a bigger program? Because uh, I don't know. I mean, I know Chris Collins is from Chicago, yeah. the, the area, and Northwestern. He's able to do well there. Probably, he's probably very comfortable. But his ultimate goal isn't to coach Northwestern, right? Wojo's ultimate goal isn't to coach Marquette. Whether or not they have a chance at the Duke job eventually, aren't they looking to coach major programs, perennial powers? Are these guys potentially in line for whatever job? Baylor? I don't know what's going to open up. Baylor's not. I think there's up. a good chance Indiana opens up. Indiana. Okay. Tom Crean's always perpetually on the hot seat. Yeah, both those guys would kind of fit the optics for Indiana because they, you know, they're all racist there. They love white people, right? You know, Tom Crean's daughter goes goes to Indiana. <laughs> yeah. On April first, one time, a professor said, "Hey guys, they fired Tom Crean." The whole class erupts in applause, and he said, "April Fools," but his daughter was in the class. <laughs> That's awful. That is awful. The, the eruption of the, the plus. Man. Yeah, he's. I mean, Tom Crean was great before he got to Indiana. He was great at Marquette. Yeah, and we'll just. He's actually. I, I think, mean, I don't think they're going to hire another I, guy from Marquette. I actually think he's <laughs> been decent at Indiana. Yeah. Um, I don't. I. I the I, expectations are crazy at Indiana. I don't know that that's yeah. a good job for anybody. But I mean, my general point right. is, aren't, aren't Wojo and and I, I agree and, with and, you, but Collins I, I feel in like line for a job at this point, like. Like this is what Tommy Amaker and like you know a couple of the other guys failed to do: take kind of struggling programs or smaller programs, get them to the tournament. Marquette's been to the tournament, so I guess that's an easier road. But Mark- Chris Collins to take Northwestern to the tournament and win, you know, twenty games, yeah, twenty three games, yeah. I mean, he and you know, given his connections with his dad and Duke, like he's. If he wants, he can probably launch off from this. I would agree with you. My guess would be Chris Collins sticks around a little bit longer to maybe try to accomplish a, a bit more. I it's it's always like a really um, um, delicate um, feeling out process in terms of like at what point is it appropriate to leave? You know, like I I. You know, like Lane Kiffin, the football coach, was he coached at Tennessee for like one year, then he went to the USC job. I mean, right. that just... It made him look bad. Obviously made him look bad. Um, they've been there for how long? Three, four, five years? I feel like it's been longer than it seems. Uh, I think Chris Collins has only been there for three years, but it could be his fourth. Okay. I guess we could look that up. I mean, they, they were definitely coaching on the 2010... Uh, uh, the 2010 title title run. I feel like Chris Collins left maybe right after that, and then Wojo left the year, this is, the year after. This is his fourth season and his second 20-win season. He, I didn't realize they won 20 games last year. I know they, had, they were decent last year. Yeah. They didn't make the tournament. Okay. Um, so it's his fourth year. I mean, nobody would say he didn't you know, spend enough time there. I know his team is, you know, kind of more veteran. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, look at Doug Collins. The guy jumped around. <laughs> I guess he got fired a couple times, but I he think jumped it's around. Diff- like, it's different for college. Yeah, it, you know, I don't think anyone would, would anyone would, would look as, as askance at Chris Collins changing jobs if he gets a big offer. Now, if he makes a lateral move, it would be really weird. He has to make a big step up. So going from sort of a, a weak sister, big conference school to you know, what's the right job? How circumspect are these guys going to be about positioning themselves, you know, in that next job so where they can keep performing well? How about Illinois? Um, yeah, the Illinois job is... It's, it'd I, be weird because it's be a in, bit of in a, conference. That would be a bit of a betrayal to Northwestern, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows what jobs are even going to be open? We have no idea. But if something, if there are some hot jobs... These guys are going to be in the mix for them, right. and good for them. They might have some options, and they'll decide for themselves what's right with the players, what's right with their career, what's right with their family. 
Yeah. We have no idea what the I, considerations I, are. I imagine they stick around for at least a few more years. Yeah, I mean, Collins is only 42. Wojo is only 40. And uh, maybe maybe they think they're going to be even better next year. Like I mean, some, Maybe they have big recruiting classes coming in. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, like... I don't we'll, know. I don't know. If, like, uh, we'll talk about it more a little after the, the tournament when, when things are, you know, when we have to fill some yeah, time. Yeah, like season. I feel like Tommy Amaker and and Jeff Capel might uh, might be like cautionary tales. Like they jumped a little bit too soon. Dawkins, Capel, and Amaker are all like, cautionary tales in their own way. Amaker was at Seton Hall for like two years, two or three years, and then when Michigan called, he leapt at it and he just fell on his face at, at Michigan. Capel was at VCU. Oklahoma called. He went, succeeded for like a, a few years, and then stayed too long. <laughs> but where yeah, was he going to go? Right. See, Oklahoma was a, like a big top enough. level, yeah, top it's, level, big, big time enough. job. Yeah, it's a big so, time job. So if you have a few years or you don't do well, you're out. Yeah. Right. So and then, you know, the real questionable decision is just coming back to Duke and not getting another head coaching job. I'm sure he's. No, gonna, I think that's. I think that's. Uh, Voluntary. I think there's a think so gentleman's too. agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've talked about that. But in terms of career trajectory, you go to a Stanford, you go to a Northwestern. You know, Stanford, you know, it can be a career killer for Johnny Dawkins. If he did an okay job, could Johnny Dawkins get another job? I think he could. He are, He's already coaching. Where's he coaching? Some Podunky, Florida college. Right, right, right. It's so like I was gonna say, like a Matt Darty, like like the st- you could. It's weird the coaching you, yeah, trajectory. If you if you, if you, if you, if you if, fail somewhere, you have to take a big step down. Yeah. Right. Right. And if you succeed, then you have to take a big step up. You can't kind of take a lateral step up. So you have to really make a dent if you're a no name. If you're the the coach of VCU. Uh, I mean, some people do take lateral or steps back voluntarily. Like, look at Jamie Dixon. He left Pittsburgh to go to TCU, his alma mater. But he, like... Like, that's a fail-safe, right? Well, his alma it's mater, just, could he use someone? And TCU is, TCU is a big step down. Huge uh, in basketball? Yeah, yeah. Huge. Even though they did beat uh, Kansas in the tournament, in the Big 12 tournament. But, yeah, it's just like a delicate feeling-out process because you... you the coaches basically only only have their own compass in terms of like doing what's right, what feels right. Have I committed to this program long enough? Sure. I think they're going to stay, but I I feel like Danny Manning might go. Oh, really? Yeah, he's only been there 2 or 3 years, but I feel like he's Are you frustrated? No, I mean, I think he's just... tasted enough success. I feel like he m- maybe could have built on something if John Collins stayed, but I think John Collins is going to go. And if he does, I think if like Indiana calls, Danny Manning is gone. Mm. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be an opening in his alma mater anytime soon. Yeah. Maybe Danny Manning is setting up to eventually be the next Kansas coach. Maybe. And uh, here's the thing. What what happens if Chris Collins or, or Wojo gets to the Elite Eight? Now what, I don't know what it means this this year or yeah. A few what years if, down what the if line? they pull the big upset and they win their first round game? What if Northwestern wins their second round game, beats the one seed, and they're in the Sweet Sixteen? This guy is now a shooting star in coaching, right? <clears throat> and is there any chance it influences sort of the the passing of the crown at Duke? Like, are these guys are these guys throwing their hat in the ring if they do too well and? You know, they start winning NCAA games and taking Northwestern, who's never made the NCAA tournament. Winning, winning a game would be amazing. Winning a second game or a third game. I mean, is there some some chance Chris Collins catapults Capel? Have you been smoking this morning? <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about the possibilities. I know there's very little chance. You know, it's an impossibility going to the Final Four. He's not even going to win a single game. It's impossible he's going to win a single game? Well, it's, impos- it's impossible. impossible he's going to get to the second weekend. Stuff happens, you know? Uh, and I think Wojo may be sort of the, more of the darling in the eye of, of sort of Duke loyalists than Chris Collins. I mean, Wojo, just there's something about Wojo. and He slapped, he had the, he slapped the floor so many times that 
he was he embodied the Duke spirit in a lot of ways, and he's like, you know, he's young. He's like the young buck. Just seems sort of tenacious. There's something about Wojo's reputation, his personality. If Wojo takes Marquette, let's say to the Final Four, let's say to the Elite Eight. I mean, I think there's going to be a, a, a big portion of the of the alumni who's going to say that's that's the guy, that's the future, that's our next coach, maybe, not Capel. Is there a chance of that? It seems. Could you see that happening? For people to think that, it it seems like those people would be super short-term results oriented. Because he's less experienced. No, I mean all these guys probably have. Same amount of experience. I mean, Capel's only I mean, a year older than Chris Collins, right? Or maybe about the same age. They're in the same class, weren't they? No. Uh, a year older? I think Collins is older. When we showed up, Capel was a junior? No, he was a sophomore. Collins was and a Collins was junior. A but then he redshirted that year. Okay, so they're all 42, 41, 40 years old. Yeah. And, I mean, we might not even be looking at the right guys. Yeah. I mean... It, one of the things they're competing for at their other schools, their other career trajectories, is the apple of the eye of the the Duke, you know, Duke Nation. I That's, I mean I don't I don't know about that because we don't know. Capel might take over the coaching job, right? And he, things might not go well, right? right? I mean, he might not be there for twenty or thirty years like Coach K. Like it, if you're thinking, in, in all likelihood, he won't be there for twenty, thirty years. We, what we don't have is a Roy Williams. We don't have someone with that much credibility coming in. I mean, yes. Maybe Wojo's Matt Doherty, or maybe Chris Collins is Matt Doherty. We also don't have a Bill Guthridge. These comparisons are just way too easy <laughs> and and horrific. <laughs> Man, and I, hate, I, don't I even, hate all those guys. I don't even know how this podcast <laughs> just t- turned this corner into talking about <laughs> coaching. I think we're going to cut this entire section out. Uh, <sighs> Right around the 50 Yeah, line. you know what? I'm I'm pulling for them. I'm pulling for all of them. I just don't think it's going to happen. I yeah, mean, I, I don't I don't think they're positioned. I, I think crazy Northwestern is going to lose to Vanderbilt, and if they do win, they will get destroyed, destroyed by Gonzaga. And uh, Mar- Marquette hopefully will beat South Carolina, but if they don't, you know what's going to happen. I think we all know what's going to happen. All right, so uh, we play Friday? Yeah, Friday's like 7.20 Eastern, 4.20 our time. Cool. You know, I also just want to make the point that regardless of what happens in the tournament, I think we both agree, if we don't get this to the Sweet 16, it's, it's pretty pretty awful. Like, we need to get to the Sweet 16 at a minimum here to feel okay about things, uh, you know, in terms of the, the team. And, of course, to complete... The redemptive arc, we need to get to the Final Four, right? That's yeah. what this team needs to do, or at least... If we played a tremendous game against Villanova, yeah. I, I'd, be, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, that if, if we lost to Baylor, I would not be okay with that. Yeah, that would be underperforming and would leave us disheartened. Right. We, we need to at least play an epically awesome game against Villanova and chips fall where they may. But we're hoping we get to that Final Four... We're hoping that's and you know that's the redemptive arc, the ascendant arc takes us to the championship a, game. A lot of people have Phoenix. us have us going there a lot, you know. Um, I actually still think UNC is the best team in the country, and I actually really hope that we play a fourth matchup this year. But I think UNC is going to win out. Five thirty eights projections they released them. They got Villanova as the tournament favorite with a. I think a 14 or 15% chance to win the tournament, which is pretty high. Right. And they have us as a 7% chance to, right. to win the tournament. 7% chance to win the tournament generally means like a 30% chance that it got to the Final Four. Yeah, like I think they, they had us at like 24% to get to the Final Four. Okay. 538. So, you know, that's not too bad. Uh, it's going to be decided on the hard court. And, yeah. Uh, let's get it done. Let's get it done, guys. Uh, good luck to the team. Let's have a fun first weekend. Hopefully, a stress-free first weekend of the tournament. That's what I'm pulling for. And just stress, enjoy it. Stress-free first first week. I love the first weekend of the tournament. It's my favorite. It's incredible. Yeah, just, this this time period right now is 
I can't I can't decide if like the first weekend of the NFL football season or this is the most exciting time. Yeah, there's less it's updates close. than, than you close. think, but just even like when, even when a game's just close in the first half, like a 16 seed is playing a one seed, they never beat them. But eight minutes in, everyone's they're, pulling they're, for they're, it. Everyone's pulling for the first time ever. Yeah, I, I love upset. watching the beginnings of those games. Even if they just go up by four points early, you feel that that sizzle, that March Madness sizzle, and like the CBS graphics. Like we've had a game or two recently on CBS, and just seeing the the graphics and hearing the voices of the the right commentators just gets me going. Get excited. I like listening to Charles Barkley. Pretending like he knows something about college basketball. Yeah, he doesn't even pretend. <laughs> but he's the greatest. I love Barkley. I love Barkley and his uh, ignorant takes. And uh, by the end of the tournament, he, you know, he does watch the games and he he does have a keen basketball mind. Yeah, I didn't I like mean, that low blow he got from Lebar Ball. Yeah, Lebar Ball Le- is, is rubbing out some of control. people What's going the wrong on? way. I mean, maybe he's a he's, he's like a Donald Trump genius. Where he just he knows, actually is. He he's just says super outrageous things. He's promoting he the brand well, you know. But to say if Sir Charles thought like me, maybe he would have a championship. I mean, that's but he also that's said, below the belt. <laughs> he also said that he would dominate Michael Jordan in one on one and in his prime. He in, said in my prime. In yeah, in his prime. But they were you know he's only a few years younger than Jordan, and he averaged two points a game at Washington State coming yeah. up the bench. So, you know, I don't think he's that delusional. He's probably just, you know, savvy like a fox in terms of, like, making headlines. Trumpian. He's very Trumpian. Yeah, the new Trump. It's actually, you know, it's a great business model. It is. Maybe maybe he will land that billion-dollar contract. Yeah, maybe he's the next uh, Don King. You know, Don King started it, right? Don King is a precursor to Donald Trump, right? They're, they're actually related. I hear they're... Uh, they're cousins, distant cousins. I don't know. All right, go Duke. Let's get them. Thanks for coming in today, Peter. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a couple of. Hopefully, I hope coast, there's. I hope there's wins. no tragedy this weekend, because uh, that would be that would just deflate everything. Yeah, I'm not prepared for that. Yeah. Not prepared for that at all. Hopefully, there's no CJ McCollum.